Hey, this is Ross Bain with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is Game Designer Workshop. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about a cry novel, a visual, well, uh, a visual novel made by Bridget and Faye uh, and two other collaborators. Uh, but we have Bridget and Faye here to talk about the concept, the creation. Uh, it's a, I've played it. It's a, uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. It's uh, got a really cool aesthetic going to it. Uh, I'm really, really in, interested in see where the story is going because this is uh, chapter one. Yes, Shilmore. <laughs> I really did like it. Like the whole, like, especially like the Bargus little scenes and uh, effects, like, uh, and, uh, the, um, using the magic parts. Uh, yeah. With the little static backgrounds. Uh, yeah. Uh, We call those, uh, you might not have heard of them before. Um, they're called, uh, production values. Oh shit. (laughs) Wow. Shots fired immediately. I don't (laughs) think this at least to the latter half. I mean, you know, uh, tabletop it's RPGs, yeah. it's uh, not a thing that we're used to down in the, the pen and paper world. Uh, I slam people for, like, being unobservant on podcasts and stuff, like eating chips on mics and things like that. But literally, like, Ross starts the three count and then goes to the silent part. And the first thing I did was pick up a handful of dice and start to shake them. And I was like, I've become the enemy. <laughs> oh, well, we're using the finest Discord technology. I can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> thanks to multi-tracking because of Craigbot. Wow, so, thanks, Craigbot. The yep. terrible deal we've signed with, with Craigbot. <laughs> uh, contra- <laughs> he just says it in his robot voice. The contract is sealed. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, we need that story. Uh, the Adventures of Craigbot at some point. Uh, new Base Raiders character. No, uh, we should focus. Uh, so... Cry Novel, uh, like many indie projects, uh, has taken a while to uh, reach uh, a release, uh, and uh, but um, I'm really interested to find out like where the concept came from um, and how it began. Uh, so the concept actually, I mean, much like the story itself, the concept came from too much time in a car. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it's like two years ago now. We were uh, on the oh, road babe, to the Gen Con. Longer than three two years? years? Was it three years? Four, maybe. I fucking no, don't four, know. Four is anymore. too much. I don't think we've. I don't think we've known each other for four years, have we? I don't know. When did I go to Gen Con? I don't remember. Anyway, so time whenever... time is weird now. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. This current situation is not not to date the podcast or anything, but this current situation has definitely not helped my sense of time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, long story short. We were on the road to Gen Con, so you mm-hmm. had the whole fucking hellscape of Montana between us and a bunch of dice. I think it's something like forty hours of driving, um, and that's not like like we but did it there, in like a co- we did you. it in a couple of days. We did it something like uh, I think Faye was behind the wheel for about fourteen hours a day or something like that. And it took it took us a three four days. I did to uh, all listeners at home. Do not. Do oh, do not do what we did. It was way too much time at once in the car. Um, I remember like trying to push to Billings at like fucking three in the morning or some shit. It was just, ugh. yeah. Uh, I can, yeah. I've never. I mean, in all my road trips, I don't think I've pushed myself that that far or fast. Uh, so you're trapped in this car. You're going through, yeah, Montana, the 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 great 
sky country, big flat. Oh yeah, the great big sky. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a part in North Dakota where everything is completely flat, and it's fucked up because you think it would make everything look like a lot bigger, but it actually makes everything look a lot smaller because the draw distance shrinks. Because mm-hmm. there's no fucking, like, anything to let you know there's a horizon. So it yeah. feels like you're in this, like, tiny bubble of just, like, corn everywhere. <laughs> God, fuck. There was one good thing in North Dakota, and I, I would not go back there. <laughs> oh, what was the one good thing in North Dakota? Leaving? <laughs> uh, okay, so if you count leaving, there's two good things in North Dakota. <laughs> okay, so what's the other one? Uh, there was a lovely housewife. Who gave us pizza and a bed? Oh, that is very nice. But yeah, yes, I would not. You. I would not go back to a state for that. God no. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you you must have been talking. Um, oh yeah. God no. So so it was it was largely just shooting the shit. It was like I think the initial concept came from talking about Scooby Doo and talking about like uh, fucking this was around or like vaguely around the time that I had just finished watching the entire first like release of X-Files mm. uh, and had moved on to the like in preparation to watch the new release mm. like way behind everybody else obviously sure uh, and then I got to like the first or second episode and I was like awesome I fucking hate this this is terrible <laughs> I put uh, up with the with the first like section but this is inexcusable uh, inexcusably bad uh, I think what it was is we were in the valleys of Montana. Um, so like you could actually like, like we did actually have um, like terrain differences and stuff. So you're like going down from the mountains when you come out of Idaho down through the, the valleys of Montana. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like rural. So you'd see houses and stuff. You'd see houses oh, yeah, and like yeah. half parts of towns and things and train tracks. But like, it was like twilight and like no one had their lights on and no one was out. So we were driving through towns and towns and houses and houses and houses where there's evidence of people living there, but no evidence of people. Like, so yeah, it's it really like weird, set, surreal it's set dressing. And it's, it's that, that kind of like farmland that isn't actually farmed, but just grown for like the subsidy shit. Mm-hmm. So they have these like huge fields of corn that ultimately just grow, die, and rot, surrounded by these houses that looked like they'd been dropped, fully formed off of some trailer. And it was just this long stretch of vaguely civilized, like, it was ominous like... air. It's like stock assets for a trucking game, like where they have to oh, show yeah. you that you're driving through real locations, but they don't have the budget to actually animate people. Like that's kind of what it was like. <laughs> uh, a Mero Trucker Simulator 2020, uh, the Great Wastes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, we're looking out the window at these train tracks, and like I said something like I don't remember if it was me and Faye, but one of us said if you cross those train tracks. Like, you never come back. Like, you'll just die. <laughs> like, you go out of the boundaries of the real world, is what it is. And that must have led to a conversation about other curses around, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was sort of like the modern fairy ring, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you cross the train tracks and you're ended up somewhere that you cannot return from. 
Um, it, it is past the knowable. Uh, and from there, we just sort of built up, like, well, what about what about the towns and houses? Like, do people even live here? Having even grown up in, like, places that looked like this, do people live here? And... And then we were like, who would even come out here? Who would, why, why would we even set something out here? Uh, and God, what, what was we the, were talking like, about how we should King Crimson the middle of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Um, fucking where you just, you just cut, you just cut it out. Just like you start driving into Montana and then all of a sudden you're on the East coast. That's, that's how it should work. Um, and so it's kind of that like, uh, phenomena of, what do you call it? Like the back rooms or whatever? Where yeah. It's oh, just yeah. Endless hallways in a mall that like mm-hmm. go it's, nowhere. It's it's the back rooms of the highway. Yeah, <laughs> the back roads, if you will. I, I think yes. that's the first real solid concept we had for Cry was the back roads. It's a place that that doesn't exist, and you you travel through it, but you're not really traveling through it, and it's not really connected to anywhere. I'm. I really like that idea, actually. The back roads being, yeah, an endless Well, maze. you're going to yeah. see a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not in the first episode. Yeah. Um, it, it's, we've decided to tie it to Lorelei's magic, and we didn't want to. Because uh, yeah. Felicia has not been on them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, only Lorelei has. Yeah, so it's, it's something that very few people go actually like go on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is probably one of those things that you end up on at some point in your life without really realizing it. Like, if you've ever been driving hundreds of miles from home at 2 a.m. in a foggy night, mm-hmm. you've probably been on the back roads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, no. when all you can see is road and, like, the orange glow of street lamps, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. that's the back roads. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I can remember we uh, went up to a show to, in, to see a show in St. Louis. Uh, and the show ended at 11. We didn't want to get a hotel there. So they're like, fuck it. We can just drive back to you know, Springfield. Oh, we can just make the four-hour drive. Exactly, yeah. And so Fucking. like, I, I was the one that like someone else started driving, but then they got tired. So I had to uh, finish it. So it's like everyone else is in the car is asleep. I'm blasting music just so I won't fall asleep. Yeah, I, I have done that exact thing, except <laughs> I was alone in the car. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a very creepy feeling. You feel like you're it about, is. Yeah, that fucking stretch of of Missouri is not <laughs> awesome. <laughs> is any stretch of Missouri awesome? <laughs> no. Well, okay. That said, there is the there is the fucking what the hell is that little place out in the middle of nowhere that is a theme park called Uranus? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you're pulling one over on me. I know I am not. I think I know the one you're talking about. Uh, It's because you see a giant fucking sign with this T-Rex looking pleased Mm -hmm. as peaches staring straight at you going, big fun in Uranus. Yeah, I feel like I've I've driven by that. I feel like anybody who who yeah uh, pulls into that place doesn't leave. Like it's 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 uh, there's oh, like literally no. movies that start that way. People stopping at the theme parks in the middle of nowhere and then starting to get murdered. Like I've oh, yeah. seen at least two movies that start that way. <laughs> I mean, in, in Missouri, you've got if you're on your way or back from if you're on your way to or back from St. Louis, you've got your choice of the giant fucking fireworks factory mm-hmm. or the uh, big fun in Uranus theme park. 
<laughs> you know what? God, there's like that movie, like House of Wax or whatever, where it's just like a wax museum in the middle of nowhere that fucking murders people. And I was like, I didn't understand the setup or concept of those movies until I've driven across the country a couple of times. And I was like, oh yeah, those yeah. buildings exist like somewhere in the middle of the United States. Like you can go there and die if you'd like to. Oh yeah. So I, I guess I'd like to tie it back to something. Mm-hmm. If the concept, <laughs> something that the concept like definitely sprang out of in regards to me is I am somebody who has spent a significant portion of my life on the road. Like I cannot stress how much I have driven (laughs) and it has substantially damaged me. Oh yeah. (laughs) It is not good or healthy to be on the road as much as I have. And it is like, that's a big part of where this game has come from, is because it's going to be about two people who don't have anywhere to be except their car at 80 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's a great tagline. That's a really good. Uh, they have nowhere else to be, but yeah. Nowhere to be at 80 miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Feels like an, like an yeah. outrun uh, mm-hmm. album title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the yeah. backgrounds was the the sort of the setting where we wanted to like focus this idea of like a, a supernatural version of the United States or mm-hmm. like how one of the things that's like really been interesting to me um, as far as horror goes because um, um, it links into like what I find scary about the real world is um, like the idea of narrative control and like things that are constructed from what people believe like uh my very very favorite horror movie ever is uh in the mouth of madness i love that movie and the whole conceit of that movie is if enough people believe something is real it becomes real mm-hmm. and so it decides to aim that at a series of horror books um because people get really into them and start believing they're real and then like they do become real and then the world gets eaten by mythological herd in that kind of thing so i thought that was tight as fuck so um i wanted to dive into that that thought of like how mythos is constructed by people and like what it does and where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is there's a, there's something I quote, there's like a, like a, an exercise or whatever for designing creatures and things. And it's like, um, uh, draw a monster. Um, what is it that makes it a monster? Um, where you, you have to like you have to do something to other creature in order to make it scary like in to make it a monster so like if you just like draw just like any like old cryptid or whatever like what is it that makes it scary like what is it that makes it something that like you'd be worried about and if you really think about it like there's tons of shit that just has like teeth and fangs and stuff like in the real world that like people have no problems with like tigers like those are nature's but most efficient murder machines, and people mm-hmm. think they're fucking adorable. So like, <laughs> like would would cryptids really be things that are like just like like want like wandering around and being like evil? Like, um, Faye was talking about the Fresno Nightwalkers, and was, she's like, yeah, I don't think fucking... they're like malicious at all. I think they're just leggy boys out in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love the Fresno Nightwalkers. Leggy boys out in the dark. Listen, just babe. a couple of leggy boys on a stroll. Aww. Listen, babe. I they are so great. They're like, I think, I think sort of in their own class is like a cute cryptid because mm-hmm. they're they're just like these weird little sheep men they're just little dudes yeah 
and like they definitely have their own like place potentially in uh, mythos, like native mythos and all of that. Um, but I fucking love those things. <laughs> so, so those are the, the three pillars that we wanted to kind of like rest the story on is like um, places that aren't places, and then like cryptids and how you construct monsters or like the concept of othering because mm-hmm. like as you know a bunch of queer women making a video game um and also our non-binary compatriots um like there is a big like what am i trying to say here Faye? uh i think like i'd have to dial it back to get like a full thing so if that's all right i'd want to yeah 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 yeah. So like a big focus in Cry is how just by being queer you are pushed to the edge of society in some aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh and addressing that in Cry is like super important. Mm-hmm. Um to compare it to something that you've probably seen circulating on the internet is that a lot of a lot of queers find the Disney villain particularly like uh not enrapturing. What's the attractive? Word? Yeah, attractive is a concept. Mm-hmm. And probably for some, literally. Maleficent could get it. Um, Maleficent could get it. Fuck Walt Disney, though. Also, fuck all Disney products. All Disney products. Um, anyway. Um, seeing characters like that growing up, given characteristics of queer people, you grow up associating with villains more than you do as heroes. And villains are, of course, the other person in media like that. Uh, so you, when you're reading a story with a hero, or seeing a work with a hero, or even just moving through the fucking gestalt story of society, you are butting heads with heroes, seeing heroes, and only ever really seeing the villains like demonized, uh, executed, jailed, and shit like that. So Cry is about is about the people that have been pushed to the edge of the society, of society. And like that's that's certainly not anything new in queer media. Like obviously any hopefully any piece of queer media is going to be exploring those spaces and the people that inhabit them. But the in particular Cry is like a lot of it takes place in interstitial spaces, specifically like the back roads, um, is like an, an uh, uh, liminal. Thank God, that's the word I was looking for. My brain is fucking. I've got the I've got the COVID brain worms. <sighs> anyway, so cry takes place in a lot of like liminal spaces, which are often inhabited by queer people. And I have lost my train of thought. Fuck. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like about um, it's like about another ring. So we wanted to take basically we wanted people like us to be able to look at cry and point and go, that's me. Like you just whatever character like point and go, that's me. But like do it in a good way, not in like that like kind of forced way where you're like, I am reclaiming this character from this terrible piece of media because I can see parts of myself in it. But yeah. to instead, like, look at it and go, this is me, and I feel good about it, and I enjoy this presentation, and I feel like it reflects some of my struggle. But, like, not in a way where it's, like, 
like I I do have full intention of writing a heart fic, but like I don't. Yeah. <sighs> You're not reading the goal of cry is not to read it um, to capitalize off of queer pain, which is like usually how queer characters get added to non queer media is for like the consumption of queer struggle, but instead to be like acknowledge pain and move forward. I feel like. Yeah. To be fair, I do enjoy reading a lot of pain. God, I do. If they read so much hurt, she's like categorized. She has like bookmarks open of her like favorite hurt fix. She was telling me about her favorite the other day. It's Um, a good one. The tags on it are like torture and shit. Anyway, point is. It's it's war, lesbian sex, crying. (laughs) (laughs) Torture. Yeah, like so. I don't know. I think there's something therapeutic in exploring pain. But Catharsis, like, you might say? Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. cathartic to take control of your own pain. And okay. cathartic to see other characters in things that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's also certain enjoyment in it for like the sadistic or masochistic individuals. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. who, who want to have a bad time and, and feel bad, but like in a good way. And so... Yeah, so like Cry is like we wanted to. It's always that axiom if like if you want more gay shit, you could make you should make it yourself. And so like that's what we did. Yeah. Um, I. So how we sort of like developed it from there um, was really just kind of like more car conversations because like once we had this world that we wanted, which was about cryptids, cryptids as vaguely metaphors for queers or or like having cryptid characters that are queer. Um, we kind of came up. Be, I do. I do want to really quickly interject. It's not necessarily just metaphor. These people, like everyone, basically everybody that shows up in Cry is going to be queer. Oh, yeah, uh, it's it's all super gay and explicitly yeah. gay. You don't have to infer that any of them are gay. There is no inferring because a story in which you need to infer is. There was a really hard moment where we had to go. Okay, so we need to explicitly say that our characters are trans, which is unfortunate because, like. When I see like most other media like have to bring out a trans character, I really don't need you to say, "Hey, by the way, this character is trans." Like I, I really don't need you to do that. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of ways to say it without actually like explicitly saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a way that like focuses on it in like an almost fetish aspect, which tends to happen in shows. So there was a really hard time where we were like writing this scene and I was like, should I even bother including this? And then Faye was like, no, 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 we, we have to state it explicitly um, because that's important. We have to explicitly say that they're lesbians. We have to explicitly say yeah, that they're trans. I, I'm, I'm tired of inferring and I'm tired of it being like questionable or whatever. It's, it's, I don't have time. I don't, I don't, my life is not long enough anymore for inferences. <laughs> and I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to have to do all the fanfic work myself. Like I don't want to have mm-hmm. to like watch a piece of media and then go, okay, so they're queer, and here's all of the queer things that happen off scene. Like I don't, I don't want to do that on my own. Like I kind of want to see it. Right, or you don't so, want like, oh look, those two characters that can be easily cut out for a split second kissed, and that means ah, uh, see, we have you know representation. Yeah. We have right, gay right. representation yeah. because she says at one point, my wife. Yeah. Um, which is great to hear, but like anyway, so yeah, so like we did, I decided to turn that particular scene into a character moment because as long as I'm going to like slam the brakes and say, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, mm-hmm. um, these characters are queer. Like I decided to instead to turn it into a character building moment. I'm pretty happy mm-hmm. with that how 
That yeah, it was a great scene and also demonstrated how shitty Lorelai is. God, I Laura's so great. She's so Laura's exactly as awful as Felicia, just in different ways. Mm-hmm. But Laura's that's, more self-righteous about it. Yeah. That's what I love, is that like <laughs> having if you've played the game, you'll get to see these two characters interacting with each other like Yeah, it's the their meeting. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, constantly bat, Faith tells me, make more shittier. Off the bat. Laura seems like the worst of the two, but you also, as the chapters come out, you're going to realize that Felicia has plenty of her own problems, yeah. which I'm very excited for. Anyway, anyway sorry, I mean, I there, there, there's some foreshadowing there in chapter one, for sure, about yes. Felicia's problems. Mm-hmm. Felicia uh, has, a, has a couple of problems. Yeah. Um, um, well, so, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. So after you had these conversations and you had this idea for a story... Um, you, was it always going to be a game or was it going to be like a, a, well, like fiction? Was it going to be like a, uh, a hurt fic or something like, uh, what, what, what was, what was the conversation leading to the the visual novel? Light novel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was going to be something written and Mm -hmm. the conversation became one of what can we accomplish? Mm -hmm. Um, and... Um. I think we just decided to lean on our backgrounds. Um, so Faye had has a lot of experience in running um, something that's like story with a multimedia component. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so we just decided to capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like where we went next in the design was um, when we had the world, we started talking about the characters and specifically the two main characters. Uh, and specifically as it relates to... Um, RPPR, like we found that the easiest way to figure out how who the characters were and what they wanted and what they talked like mm-hmm. was to just do role play because we we came up with the concept of cry pretty early in the road trip, but we had the trip there and then we have the trip back and then we um, went to Canada like immediately yeah, like, after right that. after like fucking the same amount of like twenty two hours up into Canada or some shit and know? then also the twenty two hours back back so. yeah so we had. We have a, we have these ideas for these characters, and so what we would do is just have these like small micro role plays, where we would just pick one of the characters and do what we were imagining their voice to be, uh, and then just have little role plays. Um, yeah. So you you'd have the forty hours back from Gen Con, the twenty two hours up to Canada, and then the twenty two hours back. So it was however many maths that is of us uh, just refining. That's 12? Cool. At so least you 12. have yeah. at Magic least 12 out. hours of us <laughs> of us refining these voices through like shorter and longer form scenes where we'd explore like various topics like beliefs of the characters, uh, comical or more serious, or like the characters' histories, stuff like that. Um, because roleplay, I think, has always been something that's been, I mean, really fun for me at least uh and i have experience with it i don't necessarily want to speak for bridget but i you also have a lot of experience with it yeah like um yeah i'm used to doing like short written scenes and that kind of thing so like before we even sat down to write cry like we had a really good idea of who laura and felicia were what that said at the time they were just called the witch and the hunter (laughs) they were just called the witch and the hunter yeah Uh, which was a naming convention that will eventually come back to bite us. Uh, Because when we started introducing other characters, we just started calling them the same thing. So there was the werewolf, and there was the Holdra, 
who is now unfortunately <laughs> just named Holdra because we had talked about them as Holdra for so long that like any stuck. other name sounds so weird. So Holdra is the only character that's named after what their cryptid type is. <laughs> it's unfortunate, <laughs> but like works. Uh, I know that happens. Yeah, no. Uh, I've, oh, yeah, that's the goblin. Oh, yeah, goblin. Uh, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Neil Bog. Yeah. <laughs> Nilbog. Nilbog, yeah. Nilbog. <laughs> yeah, so um, we made these image boards for the characters. Um, Faye picked. Um, so we just like, was like, all right, like right, let's make Pinterest pages, except not actually Pinterest. <laughs> We had like a Discord for this. We just set up a Discord to like record our thoughts, and um, mm-hmm. we found a bunch of like pictures, especially like clothes and things. Yeah, it was we wardrobe. Like, what I would think. the characters? Yeah, what would the characters wear? What would their aesthetic be? That kind of thing. Because um, I think that the other thing that really helps you in deciding what a character does is like figuring out what they looked like. So, um, Drawing on face background, we knew we wanted to do something that was writing and multimedia mixed. And so we knew we had to find an artist. So if we were going to bring an artist on board, we wanted to make sure that we had a very clear, like, we wanted to be able to do all the work, like, going into the the design process. Because we we're going to have mm-hmm. to ask them to design images for a character. And, like, we didn't want to have, have them give us a million questions. Like, we wanted to be able to bombard them with information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we had aesthetic boards, we had character descriptions, we, we knew what the characters' voices were. And then Faye started going on, um, I think, Twitter. Twitter, um, just Tumblr, for, Pixiv, Yeah, just, just looking for queer yeah. artists that we were like, yes, these characters, these, this person could do art for us and would also be willing to do bonus horny omake. Well, not omake, <laughs> because it's central to the story. Willing to do bonus content, like fucking... Um, uh, what's the name of that RPG that was on Kickstarter that like made all of its money by selling extra horny models? Uh, uh, Kingdom Death. Kingdom, Kingdom, Kingdom Death. Death. Yeah. Kingdom Death of visual novels, <laughs> where we have a heartfelt story, but we fund it through porn. Yeah. How yeah. Yeah. I mean, porn. Porn sells. Yeah. Sex Sells. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's only kind of a joke. Um, because like the porn scenes are that other piece of like what's important to us. Um. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you're trans and you want to look at porn of people that feature you, um, you got to be prepared to dig through pages and pages of shit that dehumanizes you. So, like, we really wanted to have, like, that kind of outlet Mm -hmm. and that kind of, like, um, visibility, like, in a way that wasn't shitty. So part of the reason why we wanted to say that up front that our characters are trans and lesbians so that when we get to the porn, like it's just all normal, good, happy things, and not like scrolling through nine comments of fucking four chan dialogue. Mm. Yeah, like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. you gotta cultivate your audience. Like you gotta, yeah, uh, filter out the uh, people that ooh, yeah are like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, so um, that's when we found uh, Nana. Um, and we were like instantly fucking <sighs> in love with Nana's art style. Instantly fell in love. The picture that did it is they had they had a banner of just like past sketches they'd done, and they did it like a really like muscular cowgirl. And I was like, perfect, they can do muscles. We're in. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, no, I really do like Nana's art. Um, Nana did everything for, uh, aside from some of the backgrounds, which are photographs. Yeah, Nana did all of the character portraits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nana designed them, and then Nana drew them. Okay, cool. Um, so considerable amount of like work that went into Cry was like just stuff that Nana has done for us. Because um, mm-hmm. we didn't... Because like like I said, like we did, we had image boards and we had aesthetics and we knew what the character voices were. But I really feel like we didn't know exactly what the characters were until Nana came up with the It was amorphous, and yeah, Nana yeah. really helped sort of solidify the goal and like the 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 vision. There we go. That all of, that we had for these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wouldn't be cry without Nana because like um, their art style is just so. It's emotional uh, and expressive. Yeah, it's important yeah. to how I think of it, much less how like you as the viewer like experience it. Yeah, and I know this is sort of like a, a standard for the medium, but I I'm you know haven't played many visual novels myself, so I still really do like the fact that you have different versions of the portraits of every character. Like there's Lorelai being pissed, Lorelai being you know sort of uh, using her magic, or like just different. You go through a lot of different expressions during some of these more tense conversations, um, and I really like that attention to detail. Uh, in it also because felicia because she seems very sort of you know smiling early on but like there's there's some pretty subtle expression changes uh during some yeah. of the conversation there's yeah, like, some blocking that faded um that was that was very very good um like uh um one of the things um that you notice if you play through it is that when lore is looking directly at felicia felicia smiles basically all the time and the few times when felicia doesn't have a smiling portrait is when lore isn't looking at her or when Felicia's back is turned to lore. Mm. Um, and so that was an interesting way to add um, an extra element to the storytelling that like, I didn't need to find a way to shove into the script. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so yeah, I really, I really, really appreciate like the expressivity of um, Nana's art because it enhances the the dialogue in a in mm-hmm. a really incredible it way. Elevates the material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's like a like gourmet cooking. It's like not each ingredient; it's the way they're stacked together that makes it good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I was honestly blown away when we did the the teaser trailer, and then playing through it the first time once we had like the completed product uh, felt really, <laughs> really good. You were like equal parts thrilled and stressed out of your head. I was so th- I was so thrilled, and then I was also terrified because now it means people will be reading my writing, and it's like the thing holding up this product because like you kind of read a story for the story. Yeah, so, yeah like, fair enough. It's great. You did a really good, good job uh, with the writing. Yeah, no, the 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 di- like yeah, the the dialogue uh is boy, yeah, Lorelai is a really interesting character. I really <laughs> want to know more about her. Like um yeah, cuz especially at the end, like there there the dynamic begins to shift and now I'm really interested to see how that cuz the dynamic at the very beginning is like, okay, they're you know, Lorelai's like this, Felicia's like this, but as it changes uh and then at the end they're just beginning to well, I wouldn't say open up, but like the dynamics changing. Now I really want to see uh, what's ha- going to happen in chapter two based on that new dynamic uh, between the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to write? Do you think uh, the script? For- um, that, that might be a number that gets skewed. Okay. Just because like that's, there was a pretty significant 
delay in the creation of Cry in general. It, it took us about two years from when we said, all right, Cry's coming out next month to when we <laughs> actually like released it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I like, mean, you had to learn the new tools too, like how to... Well, it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily the work. I think it took me like a month to get the Cry episode one script out, but mm-hmm. like that month took three months. Like, because um, it was we had to battle with a lot of things at once, and Nana was facing the same difficulties. So Just a lot of times, in, when in regards had, to like yeah, life situations. <laughs> So whenever one of us was poverty, yeah. (laughs) Whenever one of us was like housed and fed and had energy, like not all the whole team was there. Um, Like we were homeless at one point um, through making cry. Um, Nana changed countries uh, uh, during the trip, like during our like, and that was the whole thing because there was like months where like Nana didn't even have their stuff. Like um, it was, it was back in the other country. Um, we had to get replacement parts for for various technological things. Uh, it was just like uh, every time we were like, "All right, finally, we can sit down and work and cry." Like more real life things uh, happened. Yeah, um, and it was like yeah. throughout all of this, I was working something like close to seventy hours a week. On, like, one job, and then another job, and then I had a stalker, and then and then we yeah. moved across the entire fucking country. <laughs> yeah, like, I, we'd get up, I'd make breakfast for Fre- Faye, she'd leave, she'd come back, and I'd see her for about, we'd watch anime for, like, 30 minutes, and then we'd just go to bed, because, like, you know, it's, like, fucking late by that point. And then we just did that, and, like, that's how we made Cry, like, um... Yeah, and for a minute, I, cool. I was... Yeah. I was working on Cry on my bus ride. Sorry, my two-hour bus ride to work, and then on my two-hour bus ride back from work. And then yeah. I, I burned out on that eventually and couldn't keep up with that because, I mean... <laughs> it was that whole, like, three months where we were, like, homeless, where it was, like... That was This not would be fun. a great time to work on something if it were possible to work on anything. Yeah. Um, so I still didn't see Faye because, like... You know, she was trying to find housing and work, and then fucking COVID happened, and it's like right after we got this fucking place. Thank, I mean, at least we have a place now. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, we have a place, and now it's like the only thing that's keeping us housed here is is the the stimulus check. (laughs) It's like that gets here even. (laughs) Yeah, like. Faye's job closed down, and so then she went and got another one. And then on her first day, that job closed because of, of COVID. And it's just like, it's been that story repeated over and over again. God. Ah, it's good times. Yeah. Love to work in the, the service industry during a pandemic. Yeah. So, <laughs> all of that said, Cry is going to be about a lot of that. Yeah. About being queer and about how your life is a fucking uphill battle. And the entire fucking like system that you live under is trying to kill you at every turn. And then like the other thing that I really want to explore is just concepts of identity. Mm -hmm. Like um, what is it that makes you who you are? Um, How do you relate to things? Cause like usually when you go to design a character for when playing in RPGs with other people, like you think, um, all right, to make this character more three dimensional, I have to think about where they've come from. So what do they want? Where are they going? Uh, What was their family life like? Um, who were their best friends and it's things like that. And so what's their hometown? 
um, is another good character building tool. And so, like, specifically for Felicia, the question was, if we take a character and divorce her from everything possible, like, no family, no friends, no hometown, um, no inherent culture, like, can we still make a coherent character? Like, and can we tell that story? Living as a as a queer person, like, it's very... That's sort of the become, norm. It's very easy to become um, alienated from your social support systems and from, like, the network that you grew up in. So how do you, like, anchor yourself? Like, what do you anchor yourself in? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what I kind of want to focus on for Felicia's character. And then for Lore, it's how do you recover from the scars of trauma? Like, um, how much of your behavior is things that you're made to do and how much is, is like like your coping strategies and how much is just you being an awful person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then the way those two characters interact is showcased in chapter one of cry, which is out now. Which <laughs> cry chapter one out now. And uh, honestly, they're playing nice in the first chapter. Oh, um, wow. Really? Yeah, everybody has their masks and kid gloves on in the first chapter. Um, because God, there's been so many times where like Faye goes, can you make lore worse? And I'm like, no, we have to like make people like her first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. No. Um, so you have an idea of like what the uh, future of cry is like um, in terms of like, at least the next few chapters of like where they're going to go. Uh, yeah. Kind of things. Yeah. Um, uh, we know, we know the, everything about the next chapter um, because that's, we're going to try and get that out as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. They, goal is to make these regular updates and with a regular being as regular as we can make it sure yeah. uh, so we know everything about chapter two um we know almost everything about chapter three and we know where it's going to end like i know how like everything mm-hmm. i know how everything i want everything to resolve i i know what i want the ending to be i i, I know who i want to have happy endings and who i want to have bad endings but like the further out you go from this chapter, like the less and less we have planned because mm-hmm. I don't want to write myself into a box. Sure. Yeah. I feel like we have, we set up goalposts for the story, like important, like scenes that mm-hmm. uh, like we're excited for or that we think are important, but we left for the most part, the like between path sort of undefined. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we like finish planning that out as we get up to it because like as you're writing a story things change so like maintaining a like flexibility throughout that is really important yeah of course because you also want to be able to respond uh not just to like what kind of thing the audience says but also like your how you how your view of it changes over time you you yeah. when you set up the goalpost like at the beginning a, like that's one thing but you're like wait a minute i have this idea now we have a better idea yeah, yeah we yeah. imagined this whole faction in like the beginnings of when we were talking about cry and like what they would be like and stuff but like as we've like continued making cry it got to the point where we were like this no longer fits the story and uh we we can't bring them up or, or work anything around them because it just doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's like, I want to avoid, like, I don't want to be like seven chapters into an arc and go, yeah, this doesn't work anymore. Oh no. Like, yeah. Or you could so, just ignore it. Like, 
I don't know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where they have plot have elements. Have What's that? <laughs> I'm unbreathing. Yeah. yeah, I remember that from season three and only season three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, so what the, you know, one question is, um, is this the story, is this Lorelai's story, Felicia's story, or the story of Lorelai and Felicia? Um, it's just, um, hmm. How do I explain this without spoiling it? Okay, I mean, if it's a spoiler, yeah, don't say anything. But like, it's yeah. so it's okay. It's a it's a found family story. Found, oh, that okay. Features Lorelai and Felicia as the main characters. Okay, okay. Uh, I, yeah. Now I'm really interested to see these other characters too. Uh, oh God, I've we've got signs for a werewolf. Yeah, and I fucking love her. Yeah. Um, and then we have. Um, designs on like um, people close to Felicia that I'm really excited for. Um, we have Moth Them. So fucking yeah. excited for Moth Them. We got the <laughs> designs for Moth Them today. Oh, fuck. Nice. So excited. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, I think that was like the number one feedback I got mm-hmm. when after people watched chapter one is like, oh, we're so excited to see like the next cryptid and what cryptid mm-hmm. designs make it in. And I was like, Oh shit. I was just writing a tortured romance fic. I didn't realize people actually <laughs> wanted cryptids out of the cryptid hunting adventure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, uh, yeah, if you want a, another way to cash in too, make, make a spinoff dating simulator game, uh, with well, cryptid dating simulator. Uh, like, uh, that well, seems to be a, a positive, uh, that seems to be a pretty trendy, uh, game. Well, topic. some of the, some of the bonus, uh, erotic scenes that we're going to be adding will feature the cryptids. Oh, they're absolutely some all of fe- them at least. Yeah. Almost all of them feature, I would say, okay, 70% of the bonus features <laughs> probably feature cryptids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a number that will probably change. At least half. Let's go with half. That's there are some cryptids you cannot fuck, though. I'm there putting are some that out. I'm putting my foot down. Fuck. That's true. <laughs> uh, but there's all kinds of great cryptids you can fu- fuck. Uh, snake ladies. Oh, yeah. Snake ladies. Yes. Proved that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you cannot fuck the Flatlands monster. I'm putting my foot down on that one. <laughs> um yeah, so some of the cryptids that we had ideas for that um, that are definitely going to make it in, um, mm-hmm. obviously Fresno Nightwalkers, because I want to see those leggy boys. You cannot um, fuck the Fresno Nightwalkers. cannot fuck the Fresno Nightwalkers. They're just little dudes. They do not know about sex. Leggy boys, yeah. Uh, the Holdra, which is like um, a creature from... <sighs> Can you describe the Holdra for me? So like, the Holdra If you had to is... put a... The Holdra is it's it's an old 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 myth about a um a person. There are two types. There is the Holdra that lives in the woods and often has like a hole in their back that is like reminiscent of a like sort of like an oak or like a pine tree. Uh mm-hmm. and they have been known to like grant wishes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's I I I'm terrible at pronouncing the word because I've only like ever seen it written or and only ever heard it, heard it like once or twice. But I think it's traditionally a sotmi. Is that how you say? Yeah, sotmi. Sotmi. Um, gosh, this is what we're gonna have to have Jum help us with. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a it's a sotmi, which is an indigenous people of um. Help me before I smash all of my Icelandic <laughs> countries together. Uh, it's Norway. Norway. Thank you. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, yeah. But right. so at some point, it's, yeah. It's there's <laughs> there's the Holdra, which is like the girl version, and then there's the Holder, which is like the the evil evil or is it Olda or Holder? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's Holder. Uh, wait, Holdrakal is the the male one. Um, and the Holdrakal is like evil and bad. Uh, and the Holdra will like grant wishes and shit, and has been described to have like a tail or at times like lynx ears. Um, and they're like nice to people, but are generally something to be like respected at a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, which yeah. like most things that you can find in the woods are to be respected at a distance. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Fresno Nightwalkers, Holdra, Werewolves, um, Moth Them. I'm really excited for our take on, uh, uh, the Jackalope. Really oh, yeah, the Jackalope. The jackalope. Um, that yeah. was one of our, the first designs that we thought of that to really tie things together. Yeah. I imagine once you get some of those cryptids that are adjacent to furries, you're going to, your, your fan base is going to explode a little bit. Uh, <laughs> that's the plan. That's I mean, where the that's money is, a, I guess. Yeah. extra yeah. bonus. Yeah. Um, uh, the entire cool. fucking world economy is held up by the furries. Uh, well, I mean, the art world is, that's for sure. Uh, well, I mean, furry partners are the only people who truly don't fear God. That's <laughs> true. Uh, yes, I, I'm, uh, I actually am still working on another Unknown Army scenario uh, for Sticky Paws. Uh, I thought you were about our... to say that you're, you're working on um, furry porn, and I was like, well, this is an interesting career change, but good job. <laughs> yeah, I need more. I need Ninja Kitty a little too much. Yeah, I need more, uh, uh, you know, financial stability in these times. That's uh, the way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That's like kind of that's like thirty percent of the reason. Yeah, uh, no. we're offering offering this month. But the other the other like eighty percent is that Faye's super horny and we're ready to write lesbian porn. <laughs> Uh, so if people, uh, want to, uh, check out cry novel, it is on itch.io. Uh, you can also back, uh, the process of creating cry novel on sponsors. Um, and uh, can you, yes. Yeah. Find us on sponsors. Uh, so the itch link is crynovel.itch.io slash cry hunter, uh, cry hunter one. And our sponsors is sponsors.org slash you slash cry novel um or you could just google sponsors cry sponsors uh, is basically patreon um except it's way 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 more friendly to the creators um if and we were specifically to, queer creators yeah if we were to start if we were to okay if we were to put cry on uh patreon we would be one report away from them just deleting everything um, because anything queer and anything sexual is not technically allowed on Patreon. So if someone wanted to troll us, they absolutely could. But then also Patreon, um, especially if you don't have a grandfathered account, has all kinds of fees and legal garbage. Um, so Sponsus is instead a platform that was like what Patreon was like billing itself as originally, which is like yeah. purely a platform for promoting um, creators and their work. Yeah, I want to also take a second to like give a huge shout out to Sponsus because Cerulean, the like sole person that's been building it up, is extremely responsive to like any sort of feedback. 
and like takes the time to reply to everything has a discord going where you can reach them like at any time of day and like i honestly i worry for them a little bit i think they might be burning themselves out and i really hope they don't because they seem like they're a super kind person and like really really seem to care about making sponsors accessible for content creators um yeah, anytime we've had a problem um, and I've contacted them, they've uh, gotten back to us extremely quickly. Um, Faye yeah. suggested a couple of features which were either already in the works or like got put into the pipeline um, that we were really excited to see. Um, Sponsus is evolving to be very, very helpful to us. And I don't know what it's like from the patron perspective because I don't have any money. Um, but the biggest hurdle is just making an account. So please make an account and follow us. We make all kinds of updates. Um, Faye started a little retrospective where she describes her process in, in like producing sponsors and producing sponsors, producing cry. Um, we post sneak peeks. Um, yeah. So that kind of thing. And it literally funds the creation of cry. Like we, we cannot do it without help. Yeah. Cry is, it's a very small small team of people, but it still costs money because obviously those people need to eat food and have a roof over their heads. But also because the more money we get, the more we can put into Cry. Like, obviously I want to have as many cryptids as we can, but I don't want to address those cryptids, like, poorly. Uh, especially considering that, like, I mean, I, we've certainly been through a lot uh, between the two of us. But our reach of experience is definitively limited because of our upbringing and backgrounds and, like, who we are as people. So, like, yeah, one of our able to... Go ahead. One of our expenses is um, sensitivity readers. Yeah. Um, which we think is really important um, because I don't want everyone to be, like, coming from the... Um, the same voice. White lesbian perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, because, like, again, if you're trying to make something that, like, people can point and look at, like, if it's just white queers, like, that's still a very small percentage of the queer population. Um, so we want to include characters that are not, like, exactly like Faye and I. But in order yeah. to do that, like, having authentic voices is extremely important to us. Because, like, what's the point of representation if it's not actually representative? Um. So getting a hold of um, uh, sensitivity readers is extremely important, and those people deserve to be um, properly compensated for their time. Um, so that's one of our big expenses. And then also, you know, like, music isn't free. <laughs> yeah. The art isn't free. Like, um, this, like, literally sustains us. Like, unfortunately, right now, this is our full-time do- jobs. Which is like I always wanted to have our visual novel studio be our full time jobs. <laughs> Not like this. Not like this. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> it's out of necessity at this point. Yeah. We can't leave our house. Um, so yeah. So um, your support has an immediate and massive impact. Um, it has lives. an immense reach. Like um, every dollar that goes to cry is going to go be going directly to queer and marginalized people. All right. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and it's a good game, too. Uh, and uh, I Also, yes, it is yeah. an extremely good game. Um, 
Yeah. Even uh, objectively, I'm incredibly proud of it. Like, obviously, there's room for improvement. Yeah. I see things having released it that I want to improve upon, mm-hmm. but it is. Uh, yeah, works are day. works are never finished. They're just abandoned. Yeah, like, maybe uh, someday we'll go back and do the director's cut remake there and then port it to the PS4. But uh, PS5, <laughs> PS5. God, uh, I'm so behind already. Uh, <laughs> I. Yeah, it's one of those things where like I, I really wish we could have done things differently, but I'm always going to feel that. So mm-hmm. it's just going forward. Um, our goal is to have the quality level of every chapter top the one before it. So it's not like it's not like we're just begging for money and giving you shovelware. Like mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of extremely dedicated, hardworking, and talented people working on this, and we are giving it our hundred percent. So yeah. Uh, so thank you for being on the podcast and, uh, yeah, thanks for having us. I yeah. hope we didn't ramble on too much. Uh, no, and if, on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fuck. uh, no worries. Uh, what, uh, if people want to talk to you aside from sponsors, uh, uh, Bridget, what is your uh, Twitter handle? Um, my Twitter handle is at unsatisfied kitty just without the Y. Okay. Um, you can also just tweet at um, at Crynovel on Twitter, and um, I check that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I check it once a day. Um, so if you want to get a hold of us there, you can. Um, Nana's Twitter is at Nana Dukin. Um, they put up a lot of sketches and other things. Also, their Animal Crossing houses on Twitter. It's very good. You should follow them. <laughs> um, Faye doesn't really use Twitter very much anymore, so if you want to get a hold of Faye, the Crynovel Twitter is probably the yes. best bet. Do right. uh, yeah, cry novel Twitter if you want to get a hold of like the cry novel team. Um, otherwise, do not contact me. <laughs> uh, thanks, yeah. Kanamori. All right. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.